I physically can't do it all. And I'm also not good at certain things. You have to have help. The team members that I have, they bring so much to the table that I physically can't even bring to the table. And I think that that's so key with running a business is knowing and acknowledging, hey, you're not really that good at all of this stuff. I think that's when it's smart to start hiring people that can bring whatever it is to the table that you physically can't have, but also recognizing it, it's key. I almost think it's detrimental if you truly think that you can do it all. Hello and welcome. I'm Eric Corum and you're listening to the Blueprint Podcast, where we explore the journey of high performance by learning from the struggles and triumphs of some of the most interesting people in the world. Aaron Guillory is the owner of Oyster Creek Studios, a full-service interior design studio that specializes in livable luxury. In this episode, we discuss how Aaron went from working as a health and safety professional in the energy industry to running a thriving interior design studio. We also discuss how to hire a team that fills in your gaps and why leaders must clearly communicate to create organizational buy-in. Finally, Aaron talks about how to build a team that loves to serve. This was an amazing podcast with a rising star in the interior design space. If you find today's podcast to be valuable, go to www.ericcorum.com and sign up for my high-performance newsletter. In this newsletter, I provide you valuable resources and information to help you pursue audacious goals, thrive in uncertainty, and live a healthy and fulfilled life. But now, it's time to lean in and learn from the best. Well, Aaron, it's great to have you on today. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. I am super excited about having you on. You're somebody I've wanted to have on for a very long time for a number of reasons, as we'll kind of get into. But uh, for everybody listening, I've known Aaron for about four years now, and I've watched this transition take place. And when we left, it just kind of blew up. But how did you go from being a health and safety professional working like in the energy industry to running like a thriving interior design studio? Well, it's honestly, it just all kind of, or I feel like organically kind of happened, but taking it a step back, like I have always just grown up loving design and loving like, you know, I'm a homebody, but I, I love to decorate and kind of rearrange furniture and I love art. And I feel like I've always just been just inspired by creativity and that's just always been just kind of like a passion of mine. But when I graduated from Baylor and I traveled abroad in Australia right after graduation, and then when I came back from Australia, it was basically this oil and gas pipeline construction company. I interviewed with them and that was my first interview, first job out of college. And I kind of grew up with that company and was there for about 13 years. Wow! And then just over that process, I just, I got, I would say, just got a little bored with, you know, what am I doing? And is this what I want to wake up and do every day? And it just kind of came to a point where I just really wanted to do what just made me happy. And I was excited to get up and go to work every day. And then I just kind of evolved into this. Just after I had my second child, my husband told me he was ready to move out to the suburbs. At the time, we were living closer into the city. And he was just ready. And I was too, to move our family out to the suburbs, just for a little bit better schools and just more room and our kids to run around and play. 
And so my husband really liked Siena Plantation. He played golf out here. And he was like, I would love to go live out near Missouri City in this neighborhood. And I had never heard of it. And I was a city girl, wanted to live in town. And I pretty much told him, okay, if we can find a lot where I can build a dream home. I'm on board with moving out to the suburbs. It's a pretty so, good deal. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and just one one late night on the internet, I just started searching different open lots in this area. And this particular lot came up and I actually did not even mention to Jacob that I found this lot on the internet. I reached out to my mom and I had her come with me with the two kids and we drove out to this lot and immediately when I drove up to the lot, it sounds kind of cheesy, but it was just like an emotional experience, I think. When I got yeah. out of the car and saw the water, Saltworcester Creek, it just was like, I just felt like God, it just came over me. And he was like, this is it. This is, this is where I have for your family. And I'll just, I'll never forget that day of that feeling of walking out onto the property and just being like, this is it. And so we took a picture, me and the two kids, my mom took a picture of us and I shot a text to Jacob and I just, no caption or anything. I just sent the picture in front of the for sale sign and he immediately called me. He's like, where are you? (laughs) And I said, you got to come out here. Here's the address. Mom and I are out here. I think I found the place. And he came out and then like fast forward, like three days, we were like making an offer, negotiating and lo and behold, it became ours pretty soon after that. So you built this amazing home and is that really where this thing took off is in the process of building this home? Yes. So we began building the home and through that whole design process of like meeting with the architect and being able to design it and picking out all the lighting and the paint and working with our carpenter to design all the cabinetry and the layout and where everything was going to go and where the light switches were going to be and just all of the decisions that went into the home. I enjoyed that whole process. And kind of during that process of building the home, I just started an Instagram and just started posting pictures and talking about the process. And then people started following or we just had friends be like, Oh, I love this. Where'd you get this? Or how did you do that? But it was just truly like through Instagram of me just talking about our own personal home building process. It just kind of gained, I guess, some followers and people just were interested in our process and then turned around, asked me for design help. So you literally through building your house, you found your following and you created your marketing list. Pretty much. That's really kind of how it happened. So honestly, if it wasn't for Instagram, I don't, yeah, I just, I don't know what would have happened, but I would say I owe a lot of it, all the marketing. Yeah. All of that to Instagram. So it's free. So it's great. So this, this went from, I'm going to build a house for myself. And I just know as somebody that lived in the neighborhood and we went to church together, he was like, Oh, you got to check out this house. It's beautiful lot and all the stuff that they were doing. And you guys became friends. And I think it just kind of word of mouth spread that you you had this talent. And then obviously your business started picking up. At what point did you say, you know what, if I'm going to grow this, I'm going to have to quit my full-time job. And what was that like? It's interesting. So I loved my job and my career at this other company. I, like I said earlier, like 
I truly felt like, I mean, they were my work family. I, I spent so much time with them, but it just came to the point where I had two kids. I was, I wanted to be home more and being able to pick them up from school, take them to school. And then it just, I kind of started to get burned out. And so Jacob and I like prayed about it for a really long time probably for over a year and just kind of going back and forth. Like, can I do this? Can I not? And Jacob was just like, all right, let's try for like one year. See if you can really build up Worcester Creek Studios, still working at your other job. And let's just kind of see if you can, you really want to do this and build up, you know, like a portfolio. And so for about a year, I I really did two jobs kind of doing at nights and on weekends, I would work for Worcester Creek Studios. And Jacob was a huge help on the home front, helping me, manage both. And then I just felt like the Lord was really telling me, okay, it was in May of 2019. It was like, okay, this is like, this is going to be it. And so it just eventually just my Worcester Creek Studios just kept getting bigger and bigger. And then finally I quit my corporate America job. And at still at that time, I didn't realize, I think how big Worcester Creek Studios really was getting. It just it snowballed after one client, after another client, it just kept getting bigger. But once I was able to leave my corporate America job, it just, other doors just kept opening and opening that I never even thought. When you decided to quit, was it scary? Oh my gosh. Yes. I, I don't, looking back, I don't know why I was so scared, but just taking that leap of faith and just, you know, you, I don't, looking back, I don't even know how I slept. I don't think I was sleeping when I was doing both jobs. I really don't, but it just, it was scary, but no regrets. Love it. So you, you leave your corporate America job, you're building this company and now you've got to scale. I mean, you were one, one person shop. And then, I mean, how did you go about, I mean, there's a lot of knowledge gaps that you're having to fill as you go along. Like, how did you start filling those gaps? How did you start scaling your business? Or were there like hiccups along the way? Of course, there's always hiccups along the way. (laughs) But I, let's see, we are in 2020. So in 2019, I had some part-time help and they were wonderful gals. And I was, I'm not going to lie, I was a little scared. Like, could I afford to have somebody full-time? Could I not? I don't know if if the workload was going to be there in the future, if I could afford full-time employees. So there was a lot of like back and forth and just a lot of back and forth with part-time versus full-time employees. And then in 2020, I made the decision that if I was going to continue to grow Oyster Creek Studios and continue to scale the way I wanted to scale it, I just, I had to have full-time help. And that part, I think that was even more scary than just quitting my corporate America job and doing this full time. To me, it was scarier to really commit and hire full time help. And that hands down was the best decision I've made throughout this entire process and journey. And in February of 2020 is when I hired my first full time employee. And that has been an absolute game changer, huge blessing. And since then, I've also hired another full-time employee. And that was also another game changer for Oyster Creek Studios. Here's the interesting thing. You're hiring full-time employees right as COVID is about to hit. I know. 
how did that all play out? And and it sounds you know you said it was a game changer. I'd like for you to talk a little bit about like, that process, but then like what did you have to do to thrive? Because you've been thriving, it seems, in this COVID pandemic. Yeah, I've been very fortunate. We have during COVID. So I actually hired my first full-time employee was in February of 2020. COVID hits beginning of March. And for only, I would say for about like a week or two, I was kind of in a panic mode of like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Like the world's shutting down. How are we going to continue to do this? But I feel like COVID, everybody was at home. Then people started getting bored around their home, people wanting to change stuff around their home. So honestly, it's been great for us. People have wanted to do home projects. So we haven't really felt that hit of lack of work because of COVID. So because people are at home, they're paying more attention to their environment and they want to make it, not only do they have the time, but they also maybe are a little bit more concerned, not concerned, but they're more aware that, hey, I may be doing life inside my home for a much longer period of time. So they want your skill set. Absolutely. I think people just were like, okay, if we're going to just be home all the time, or this is yeah, where we're going to live and work and everything else, then I want it to function well. I want it to be beautiful and pretty. So I'm happy. And when I look at it, but like mostly they just, it has to function for the family that's going to be there all day long. So people were wanting to change things and they continued and have continued just to reach out to us. So you you kind of hang your hat on this, this idea of livable luxury. Now, I love your designs, by the way. You know, my wife, Haley, she would tell you that I'm more like, I, pardon me if I butcher the terms, but I like clean lines, more modern feel. But you're right. Like when I see your designs and I've, I've, you know, I've spent time in your home and I've seen the work, you know, I love the work that you're doing. What is it? I mean, I don't know what the secret sauce is here, but like the stuff that you do, it's like, I want to live in that environment. And it is so, it's breathtaking. Well, thank you. That's such a, that's such a compliment. I, I appreciate that. But, you know, I get asked this a lot and I think about it a lot when I'm working with clients and I try to always like put myself and like our family, like in our client's shoes. Cause most of the families that we are working with are kind of around the same age and same kind of, you know, got young families, young kids. That's primarily our, our clients, but I'm a homebody. Like we love to be home. We love to entertain. And I want that for, for my clients. I want them to feel comfortable. I want it to be kid-friendly, pet-friendly, like livable. But in that same breath, I also want it to be beautiful and clean and simple because I, I, I don't like a lot of frou-frou. I don't like a lot of stuff. I don't like a lot of clutter. So that's where like livable luxury, it's, it's livable, meaning it's functional and family-friendly. But it's also, it's beautiful and it's pretty. And I want people's homes that we design and decorate and furnish to make them like happy and grateful to be in their homes. So I don't want to, yeah, you, you don't have to compromise just because it's going to be family friendly, pet friendly doesn't mean it can't be beautiful. So you mentioned furnishing. Aren't you developing a, a furniture line right now? We are, and it's just crazy. I, I like to have a lot of, a lot of things going on. I, I, I thrive off chaos. <laughs> I, 
Well, having a startup or, or a, a new company is basically chaos. This is interesting. How do you use that chaos to fuel you? You know, I, I like I said, I, like, I thrive off chaos, but it just drives me to just to wake up every day. I love the excitement. I love the challenge. If I'm bored and complacent, like to me, I'm just, I'm not, I feel like I wouldn't be doing good work. I love to be pushed. I loved that challenge. But when I told my team, hey gals, this is this is the direction that I I see Oyster Creek Studios going into with this new custom furniture line, Oyster Creek Collection. I'm not gonna lie, they were and they were completely, I think, a little bit shocked. They were, I think, a little bit surprised by with all the amount of work that we have for our clients. They were like, okay. And so, no, they, they've been super supportive with us going into this custom furniture line. Obviously, I couldn't be doing it if it wasn't for my team. So how do you lead your team into uncharted territory? Because you have a vision for where you want to go. And you got to take your folks there. I mean, how have, you, how have you led them in this new direction and kind of tempered the fear? That's actually... It, I'm I'm learning as I'm going, and that is I'm not gonna lie. That's that's been a challenge for me personally. But what I have learned and how I am doing that is I am learning. I've got to be even more communicative than I already am with my team. As as like the owner and the leader of leading the pack down this new custom furniture line, I've learned that I have to clearly communicate the vision and the direction of where we are going and explain to them why we are going in this direction for the custom furniture line. Because sometimes they, you know, just, you know, they they may ask, well, why or how is this going to work or how are we going to have the capacity or the time? But getting communicating that to the team, I think has helped them realize, okay, this is, this is a smart business move for Oyster Creek Studios to naturally move into this next step. Because honestly, and the, the real reason why we are doing this is, is we have been putting this custom furniture line or this custom furniture into our client homes and people on Instagram and People keep saying, well, I want that. How can I get that into my home? They may not be able to hire Oyster Creek Studios to design and furnish their entire home. But we kept getting so many people like, I want this particular coffee table or this whatever it was. And finally, I was just like, you know what? Like, we're going to start with, let's say, 20 pieces and let's just start it and allow consumers to buy it online because, and especially during COVID, you can't just go walk in and buy something from a big box store. You just, the inventories are low. Mm -hmm. Shipments are, they're just, you just can't do it. Like we used to be able to, I even feel like six months ago. And so it just kind of organically moved into this and transitioned into this custom furniture line. It just was a no brainer for us, Orster Creek Studios to launch this. So you basically listen to your customers and now you're fulfilling a need. Yes, sir. Yeah, smart business. You know, I think you and I have talked about this before, that there's kind of this glamification is the term I used of the interior design business because of HGTV and, you know, Chip and Joy to Gains and 
everybody thinks that it's just so much fun all the time and you're just drawing and designing and also, and I think you said that only like what 10% of your day is actually designing. Yes. So it's funny because I get so many messages on Instagram from gals that are like, oh my gosh, your job looks so fun. Or are y'all hiring? Like, I would love to come work for you. Or, oh my gosh, like, it's just looks so great. And which it is so fun and it is so great. But in all honesty, I never dreamed it would be this amount of just like business accounting dealing with people, all the books, all the marketing, all the backend, all the computer. I mean, it's, there's so much more that goes into design than I ever, I ever, ever dreamed of. Like, yeah, like I truly believe it's only like 10% of what we do mm-hmm. is the design work. There's just so much that goes into the products and the installations and dealing with our subcontractors and our warehouse receiver team, all of that. None of that has to do with picking out paint and fabric. I mean, it's just, it's, it's crazy. So how do you find joy into leaning into these new areas? Cause I now run my own business and there's a lot of things that just aren't fun, but do you also find there's other things you're like, man, I, I really enjoyed this part. I never thought I would. What are some of those areas for you? I'm an extrovert. I love people. I thrive off people. I, I truly, I, I love our clients. I love dealing with our, you know, our contractors and our trades and being around them. I love, love being around my team. And like today I woke up and just, it was Monday. I just, I wasn't feeling it today. I just, I wasn't even inspired. We had to do some client work this morning and I just wasn't feeling it. But just the moment my team came into the studio today and just their energy they just, they fill me up every day. They push me, they encourage me. Being around them just, it drives me. But, you know, in a weird way, like I, I love the spreadsheets. I love the business side. I love doing the marketing and the Instagram. Like that stuff is, it comes natural to me. I enjoy. I don't love having to meet with my accountant every month. I don't, you know, all, <laughs> and all the invoicing and all the proposals, all that nitty gritty stuff, it, it does, it's not as natural for me. I don't enjoy it as much, but I love, you know, our, our trying to figure out our processes and flushing those out. And I love my Excel spreadsheets and I do love that. But, um, but also I told my team members this when I was hiring them and interviewing with them is that I am looking for people like themselves that are going to be better than me, that they have strong suits that I don't have. Because I learned like, I physically, I can't do it all. And I'm also, I'm not good at certain things. You have to have help. And so the team members that I have on my team, they bring so much to the table that I physically can't even bring to the table. And I think that that's so key with running a business is, knowing and acknowledging, hey, you're not really that good at all of this stuff. I think that's when it's smart to start hiring people that can bring whatever it is to the table that you physically can't, but also recognizing it, 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 it's key. I almost think it's detrimental if you truly think that you can do it all. You just can't, there's not enough hours in the day. That's strong right there. That's really strong, Aaron. How are you, you know, you just talked about building this team. Are there certain core values or things that you're looking for in people that are unique to Oyster Creek or maybe to yourself that you're like, you know what, 
I can compromise on this, but this I definitely can't compromise on. Absolutely. So something I learned from just being at my other, my, I feel like it's another life, my other career is just, it's, it's a servant leadership, a servant people giving, giving type personality. And so when I was hiring Oyster Creek Studios and bringing on team members, and I, we talk about this all the time, and we've talked about it at length just with my team, I would say the number one thing that I'm, I'm looking for in somebody in in growing the team is they have to have a servant heart. They have to serve our customers, serve our clients, you know, serve the team and give, you know, if it's, if the, the personality is on them and not about, you know, serving others, it just, to me, it's just, it's not a good personality fit for me, Forster Creek Studios, because we truly are in the service industry. So I would say just like, just people skills and servant, how they serve. Those are qualities that I, that are like number one on my list when I'm looking for characteristics and team members. How do you, how do you fill up the tank of your teammates because, or the people that work for you? Because I know that they, they poured you, I know there's probably areas in their life where they need you to speak courage or, or confidence into them. Like, how have you learned how to identify those things? Yeah, so each of the team members, you know, everybody's a little different. What they need from me is different. And that's something that I had, I had to learn quickly is that they're different and they require different attention from me. And I think what has helped us is that I'm able to spend kind of one-on-one time with each of them. And I try to make sure that happens every week. Uh, we kind of touch point every week and get some of that one-on-one time with them. But also like we have to travel a little bit to job sites and clients and out of town. And so just just on the road with, the, with, with my team, that has helped just to talk through stuff. But... Yeah, one of one of my team members, they like to be told, you know, they they I think they need a little bit more words of affirmation than the other. Not saying that's a bad thing. I, I need words of affirmation too. But and that person told me when she was hired on, like, hey, I like for you to tell me I'm doing a good job or also tell me when I'm not doing a good job. And we we have that that communication where, hey, I can be like, hey, this is this is this is working or this isn't working. Do you have a consistent way of giving feedback? Because I know one thing in my career that's driven me completely bananas is when I've worked for somebody and they're like, oh yeah, you're doing great. You're doing great. You're doing great. And then all of a sudden something comes up and it's like, no, you're not doing great in this. But it's been going on for 18 months. And I'm like, well, why didn't you tell me or I would have fixed it? Do you have a way of like formally providing feedback to your employees? Formally, I don't. And I'm like, I'm, I'm still working on this because it is hard sometimes. Like nobody likes to, to give out criticism or, or whatever, you know, it's hard. And you know, we're girls, like we, we all, we have, we're a little bit, we're all sensitive, me included, but we, you know, we've had some hiccups along the way, but I am so grateful for some of these hiccups that we had, when I say hiccups, these were, we had some really hard conversations and I would say we are stronger and better because we went through some hard, a hard few weeks. And I know now how I can deliver messages could be better, how they receive messages, so on and so forth. We've learned a lot of how I can better communicate to them or how they're going to respond to some of the decisions I'm going to make. But 
we know, I mean, I, I, we know now like, Hey, this person needs, it needs to be handled this way. This person, they need to, I need to communicate this way. It took a little bit to get to that point, but now I know what pushes this person's buttons versus what pushes this person's buttons. Mm-hmm. It's hard though. It, it's hard kind of navigating, you know, all the, the different personalities and all that. But at the end of the day, I know that people that are on my team right now, they genuinely, we all care about each other. We care about our clients. We care about Oyster Creek Studios and bottom line, that's it. So. Yeah. So what would you tell that Aaron Guillory out there that's listening to this? That's like, I've got this great idea and I've been doing this and I'm a little bit afraid to take the leap. Like, What would be your message to her? I love that question. And I've gotten it a few times actually recently. A couple things I would say is, and I mean this with everything in me, is life is so short. Do what you love. Do what makes you happy. However, there's always a but. Just know that like with anything, especially running a business or starting a business, whatever it is, it's not easy. It is so, so much work. It's even triple the amount of work than you ever could dream it would be. But do what makes you happy. Life is so, so short and do it. Like even if you don't know how you're financially going to do it, how you're going to find time to do it or physically, mentally, how are you going to do it? Just do it and figure, you'll figure it out as you go and you'll make mistakes and you'll be given curveballs. But like, if it's something that you're passionate about, to me, it's a no brainer. And I, and I get, I wouldn't say I get frustrated, but I, I, when I see people that are like, get scared or, I don't know if I can do it or financially, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it or, or whatever. Like, I just, I'm like, you just, you got to take that first step. Just do it. It just, to me, there's something so just jumping off the cliff and just doing it. You just, you never know where the roads can take you. You really don't, as cheesy as it is. Like I, I I love, I I love encouraging other people. If there's a passion or just a spark of something, Mm -hmm. do it, do it. No, I'm with you. I can uh, relate to that jumping off the cliff because I jumped off the cliff on my 40th birthday this year and decided to, uh, leave a profession that I had kind of climbed to the top of the ladder over 16 years, but you know, life changes and you start seeing a new direction and you're like, eventually you're like, you know what, I'm either going to do it or I'm not going to do it. And um, you know, it's really encouraging me to have, having watched your journey so far from somebody that, you know, did it for their home, started impacting other people's lives. You know, we all knew you were super talented. And the next thing we know, you know, you're, you the icing on the cake is, you know, you get to do really big projects and do some really special things that people can find on your Instagram with, you know, some professional athletes you've been working with. And, but like making your dream come true and watching that process has just been, it's been magical. And, um, I'm personally super excited for where this is going to go. Cause I think the sky's the limit for you and what, and Oyster Creek studios is such a fantastic name. Your branding's fantastic. I, I'm just, I'm really, really excited about about the future. Where can people find you? Where can they get your furniture? Yeah, I'd love to know. So you can find us. Our our interior design firm name is Oyster Creek Studios, and you can just find us on the internet and on Instagram as Oyster Creek Studios. And then our custom furniture line that 
is being launched on November 30th. We'll also have its own Instagram, Oyster Creek Collection, and then our website for that will be shopoystercreekstudios.com. So you'll find us on the web and on Instagram. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for joining us today. I am so excited to watch now being a neighbor again and uh, continue to, to watch how you grow and flourish as a leader and as an influencer in your community and just with so many amazing people and the families and the lives that you touch. You've just been such a huge blessing. And so I just want to thank you for coming on today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I, I enjoyed talking through all of this. I get, I'm extremely passionate about what we do and I just, I really appreciate you reaching out to us. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining me today on another episode of the Blueprint Podcast. If you found this episode valuable, sign up for my high-performance newsletter at www.ericcorum.com. And if you want to stay current on everything high-performance, follow me on Instagram at Eric Quorum, Twitter at Eric Quorum, Facebook, and I'm also on LinkedIn.